Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Nation, hello again and welcome back to the show Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast brought to you by SportsNot.com. Now speaking of SportsNot, give us a follow on X.com at SportsNot, that's N-A-U-T by the way. You will find Raiders news there as well as news from all around the world of sports. We have video interviews which I produce, so check those out. We have podcasts available. We have written content. Pretty much anything you want, we have you covered over there at SportsNot.com. Now, I mentioned last week on this show, uh, I'm a part of a new podcast uh, with my partner, Scott Gilbranson. Please give the new show a shot. Please give us a listen. The title is the NFL Playbook Podcast. Uh, It's more focused on the entire league. We did record uh, record our second show this week, and it is now available on all of the major platforms. So you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also find the video version on the Sports Not YouTube channel. So go ahead and do that as well. So many ways to get it. Uh, We've been having a lot of fun with it. So please check it out and let me know what you guys think. Now, the last thing that I want you to do is to make sure that you are subscribed to Just Pod Baby. And I know that I say it every week, but we may have some new listeners out there. And if that's the case, if someone's listening for the first time, I want you to get the show each and every week. All right, guys, uh, enough of that. It was another tough loss for the Raiders again, and this seems like it's now becoming a reoccurring theme in the Josh McDaniels era, right? The the Raiders fall last week to the Los Angeles Chargers 24-17, the third one-score loss of the season, the fourth time the offense has failed to score at least 20 points. I believe the Raiders are now one of four teams, maybe it's three teams who have yet to score 20 points in a game. That's not going to get it done. Last week on the show, we focused on Josh McDaniels and his part in the failures over the past season and a quarter, we'll call it, as we are now about a quarter of the way through this current season. I think his future is looking more and more murky. Each week that goes on, the murkier it gets, and I think that's putting it nicely right now. Uh, We saw another late game decision by him that perhaps could have changed the outcome of the game had he decided to play it a little bit differently. Should he have called a run play? I'm talking about the run play, or excuse me, I'm talking about the first down play from the Chargers four yard line when he threw the ball and ended up being intercepted, correct? You remember? I think you can make a strong argument, and I know a lot of you out there have been doing it all week, that you have to run the football there. Consider that the time was two minutes and 39 seconds. You don't want to give the ball back to the Chargers with too much time left in that situation. So why not take some time off the clock, run the football, 
give Jacobs a chance. I know the run game has struggled this year, but he was starting to find a bit more space in the second half of that game. They did score on the previous drive from the one-yard line on a Jacobs run. Why not do it again? Instead, they put the ball in the hands of the rookie quarterback, who, let's be honest, he you know he played a, a shaky game at best, had a better finish to the game, I'd say, minus the interception, but he did some good things in the last two drives to to get him, you know, to the goal line and then the touchdown on the previous drive, right? That throw that he made to Devontae Adams on fourth and ten, that was a big time play. Really liked that throw there. That was a, a gutsy play there. But why put your rookie in that position, right? That's my question. Hand it to the running back that you're paying twelve million dollars for. So I'm down on McDaniels for that. It's becoming harder and harder for me to find anything to grasp onto, positive thing to grasp onto with McDaniels for hope. Let's see what they can do here in the next few games. They they do face the Packers this week on Monday Night Football, who are 2-2, two and two, followed by the Patriots, who are struggling 1-3. and three. The Bears, 0-4, oh they stink. And then they could take on the Lions, who are 3-1. and one. They look like they're a legit playoff contender or they're going to be in the playoffs for sure I think but a contender to make a run in the playoffs as well so they need to put together some wins in these next four games or it will be time to start putting together those mock drafts Raider Nation now one of the other topics that I want to discuss is Devontae Adams I've seen his name come up here in the last 48 hours quite a bit he's trending among Raiders conversations with the report that we saw by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. And I want to share my thoughts with you on this, 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 uh, you know, rumor about him being unhappy and what they should do with him. I have an opinion for you. It may not be the popular one, but I'm going to let you know what I think on that. In segment two of the show, we will spend some time breaking down the Green Bay Packers. They are two and two right now, a bit up and down in the first quarter of the season. Jordan Love having some good and some bad moments, as you would expect from a first-year starter. But we will go more in-depth with our guest, Mike Spofford, uh, who covers the Packers for Packers.com. But we are going to kick it off this week with some headlines from the week. Did you see, and I'm sure you all did by now, the clip that's gone viral of Mark Davis at SoFi Stadium getting harassed by a Raiders fan. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. I'm sure you can find it if you search for it. My take on it, it's a bad look. It's a bad look for everyone involved. It's a bad look for the fan base. It's a bad look for the owner. It's a reminder of the dysfunction. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be negative, but we are only four games into the season. There's still a lot of football to be played. But this is where we are with the Raiders right now. You've got fans yelling at the owner. Now, I have no problem with fans being upset. You know, I, wanting to fire McDaniel, I have no problem with that. You know, a fan who pays money to attend games, wants to voice their displeasure with the coach, fine. But me personally, I would have done it. I wouldn't have done it like that. You know, you want to make a sign, you want to hold it up at the game in front of Davis, fine. But I just didn't like the way the fan handled that. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and and lecture you guys and tell you guys how to fan. You're welcome to fan however you want. I'm just giving you my opinion. 
I, I would have handled it differently. I wasn't a big fan of how he was yelling at Davis. And what made it worse was Davis responding to the shouting. It just makes the whole organization look like a circus right now. And, you know, it, it's part of the reason also why I don't know if McDaniels will, will get a third season. We know Davis is not the most patient man. He hates criticism like this. And I expect for the calls for McDaniel to be fired only to get louder each week that the Raiders don't win. If the Raiders continue to struggle and to lose games, Allegiant Stadium will continue to be filled up with opposing teams and their fans. And that could be the case Monday night. Green Bay is a, is another proud fan base. It's the first time that Green Bay is coming to Vegas. So I'm sure a lot of their fans are going to want to, you know, make a weekend of it. So that's not going to make Davis happy either. But I wanted to mention that as topic number one. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Number two is Devontae Adams. I mentioned it at the top of the show. For the second time now, in the span of like five months, we are hearing that Devontae Adams has kind of had to defend himself and his commitment to the Raiders. He did it for the first time back in May. And then we we're getting reports again on Wednesday from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN per his report that Adams is a big believer in Aiden O'Connell and that he had to confirm again that he wants to stay with the Raiders and he's committed to this so-called rebuild and he wants to help be a part of turning things around here. Now, my thoughts on this, you got to love Devontae Adams and all that he stands for and everything that he displays both on and off the field. You can't find two better leaders than what the Raiders have in Devontae Adams and, and Max Crosby. And as a fan, I appreciate the loyalty and him wanting to fight through this adversity and, and, and not just demand a trade like you see with a lot of other superstars. But I, I got to be honest. The Raiders are not a Devontae Adams away from making the playoffs. They are far from it. Let's be honest. And, and you may disagree with me, and that's fine. But I'm just giving you my opinion on this. Devontae Adams may not want to be traded. But I think right now it is in the best interest of the team and the future of the team to consider trading him. So hear me out on this before you call me crazy and you uh, turn me off and jump to another podcast. I'm aware of the massive financial hit. A pre-June first trade would be $30 million in dead cap. And that's if I'm understanding what I'm reading correctly here. But put that aside for just a moment. Do you think the Raiders have a quarterback right now that you believe in? Do you believe in Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, maybe you feel pretty good about O'Connell. He's young. He did some good things in the preseason. Now, I do agree that there there is some potential there. I am intrigued by him just a little bit. But are you hitching your wagon to Aiden O'Connell as the future franchise quarterback of the Raiders? I'm not. Yes, I said I am intrigued, but I am not hitching my wagon to that. I think the Raiders need to do everything in their power to land one of the top quarterbacks coming out of the draft. And yes, I know we are entering week five and I am sitting here talking about the draft. (laughs) 
But again, that's where we are at right now with this season. Devontae Adams is still playing well, and and if they could ship him off to a team willing to give up significant draft capital, then I say you have to consider it. Build draft capital, stockpile picks, have ammunition to trade up if you need to. If you're picking in the top five or six, maybe you're, let's say you're picking six and you got to get up to number two, you have to have ammunition to do it. Guys, listen, if you followed the show, you know how I feel about quarterbacks in the NFL. You have to have a quarterback. The Raiders need a quarterback. They have not had an elite quarterback. They need one. That's how you win consistently in the NFL. That is one of the biggest problems with this team. I know the head coach isn't great. I know the owner isn't great. There's other problems. I get it. But a great quarterback can mask a lot of other weaknesses. They can mask a poor defense or play calling that may not be stellar. Look at the Bengals for a second right now. Why do you think they are 1-3 and three right now? It's because the quarterback is hurt and he's not himself. That's why they're 1-3. and three. It's because Joe Burrow is not, is not elite right now. He's just... he's below average right now. Look at the Jets. They've got that top five defense. They don't have a quarterback. That's why you saw them go out and get Aaron Rodgers last year. And then he got hurt, which puts them in the same position as last year. To me, the NFL and winning begins with having a quarterback. And that's just my opinion on it. Now, however you feel about McDaniels, whether or not you trust Ziegler and McDaniels with a with a significantly high draft pick. Put that aside. McDaniels may not make it through the season anyways. Go get a quarterback. If trading Devontae Adams can put the Raiders in a better position, in a better situation, to be able to draft a top quarterback, a Drake May, maybe. I, I'm sorry, that's a, that's a, that, that is a trade that I would I would take right now. Look at the Texans. Look at what C.J. Stroud is doing for them right now. It's still early. Only four games in. They might not win another game the rest of the season. Who knows? But right now, he's giving them, he's giving that organization hope for their future. Do you have hope for the Raiders' future right now? Because I don't. Does Devontae Adams or Hunter Renfro bring you hope for the future? My point is the Raiders should be looking to be sellers when the trade deadline approaches on Halloween, October 31st. I don't know if McDaniels is in the position to to do so. He he needs to win games to save his job. So he he may not think trading his best player away would would help that cause. But I'm talking specifically about what is in the best interest for the team going forward from a fan's perspective. Trade him, let him go. He doesn't even deserve this what he's going through. I I hate it when I see a great player who is on a bad team just wasting away and and, and losing and, and not competing on big stages for championships. Now, on the conversation with this, I put a poll out there. I did an X.com poll. Should the Raiders consider trading Devontae Adams? And it was pretty overwhelming, the response. I've got about 500 votes in just a few hours here on the poll, but it was 87% of you said no, they should not trade Devontae Adams. And I know and I know that what I'm saying right now is not going to be the popular opinion. I'm sure you guys are out there thinking I'm completely lost my mind and I'm crazy, but I just think it's all about the quarterback and maybe you think I'm quarterback crazy, 
but that's just the way I feel about it. Anyways, guys, I thought I'd spice it up a little bit here in segment one. I'm going to jump to a break right now. Coming up, when I return, we're going to go out to the line, the guest line, and we're going to chat with Mike Spofford of Packers.com. I want to see what he thinks about Jordan Love and, and how that transition at quarterback is going for the Packers, plus lots of other topics as well. We are moving along here in segment one uh, on Just Pod Baby, brought to you by SportsNot.com. And welcome back, Raider Nation. Week five, just pod baby. A quarter of the season now in the books. The Raiders are one and three. And I just want to give you a quick um, update on some injuries. Jimmy Garoppolo still in the concussion protocol. Josh McDaniels told us he is in the final stages of that process, uh, according to what he said on Thursday. The game being on a Monday, that gives them a, a little extra time to pass all those tests that are necessary. We'll see. You know, I thought he would play last week based on the reports that we were getting. He didn't, so I'm not even going to comment on whether or not I think he'll play this week. But it sounds like he is getting close, and if he doesn't play, it'll give us another chance to see Aiden O'Connell, and that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either because a lot of us are excited to see him play a bit more. The other uh, one I want to mention, Devontae Adams with that shoulder injury. He left the game. He looked like he was in a lot of pain. He came back toughed it out. He did not practice on Thursday, which was the first practice of the week for the Raiders. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Real quick again, before we bring our guest in, I want to give you some of my thoughts on the game. I think this is a must-win game for Las Vegas. And and yes, I I said must-win in week five. And I know that 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 term can be overused sometimes, but I think it's appropriate here in this case. Over the next four games, the schedule looks like this. Green Bay, New England, Chicago, and then Detroit. If McDaniels wants to save the season, it must start with a win this week. At home, you got to set yourself up to win a couple games in a row. New England is a game that's winnable. Chicago, if they don't beat Chicago, forget it, right? (laughs) I don't know. This fan base might have a complete meltdown. Uh, They need something this week to spark some positivity, to get the ship moving in the right direction. Um, if they lose Monday night, they drop to one and four. The fans calling for McDaniel's job is only going to get louder. The frustration will only continue to, to build and, and grow in the locker room. This team needs to stop the bleeding right now. To do that, they will need to beat the Packers. And let's now go out to the guest line to learn more about the Packers and say hello to our guest, Mike Spofford, who covers the Packers for Packers.com. Uh, Mike, we appreciate the time and, and welcome to Just Pod Baby. Yeah, you bet. I appreciate the call. Thanks for having me on. You know, Mike, I want to get the conversation started with the quarterback, Jordan Love. I've been watching casually uh, from afar. I saw the second half comeback uh, against the Saints, but overall, what's what's the early assessment of Jordan Love after four games? Well, I think I think Jordan Love has proven to this point that uh, that the Packers' projections about him were correct there was obviously you know a lot of promise a lot of belief that he could be a guy that could lead this team and and so far in that regard he hasn't disappointed I mean you know is he out there playing perfect football no not not by any stretch um but you know there's a lot of room for him to continue to grow I I don't think we've you know even scratched the surface as to uh as to maybe what Jordan Love is eventually going to become but just you know the way he the way he commands the team the throws he's able to hit you know what he has shown in some tough circumstances you know the the comeback against the Saints in the fourth quarter a couple weeks ago being the the biggest example 
um, you know, he's he's got the Packers at at a two and two mark here after four games, and and yeah, there have been some disappointments in there, but um, this Packers offense also isn't uh, isn't even at full strength yet with uh, with the players that have been missing. Um, but uh, but Jordan Love hasn't uh, hasn't skipped a beat out there at all. He's kept this team competitive, and and uh, and I think um, the front office really likes what it sees, and it, the early signs are that uh that he could be around here for a long time to come okay so overall it sounds like uh pretty positive uh feedback there one of the i was reading some articles prior to this uh interview and one of the things i was reading that some people are concerned about is the accuracy i think he's completing about 56 percent of his passes right now and i went back and looked and i saw that he was a 61 percent passer in college do they believe the accuracy is something they can fix i mean we've seen other uh other quarterbacks come in from the college game and like like Josh Allen, for example, who's with Buffalo now, he he wasn't known as the most accurate passer in college, but he's cleaned that part up of his game. You know, once he got to the pros, Do, you know, is this something that the coaches are are talking about, or or you guys in the media are, you know, asking the coach about? Is there a major emphasis on that to try to fix that with Love? Well, it's certainly become part of the storyline, you know, so far. But um, and and you know, the point you make about Josh Allen is is certainly a good one. I mean, for one. You know, Jordan Love only has five starts right now as an NFL quarterback. He had one in 2021. He's got four so far this year. So the sample size is is awfully small, which means that you know if if you you know you you take just a handful of passes, you know one one more completion per game over these five starts, and that you know 57 percent or whatever his current number is, uh, you know looks a lot different. So. Um, so small sample size for one, but um, there there are certainly some throws to open receivers that he's missed that he knows he needs to hit, and uh, you know he regrets missing those. But um, but you know he just you know dusts himself off, and you go on and play the next play. I mean that's that's what you have to do in this league. A couple other things I would say is you know there he he's he's thrown some passes that I would say have been put in some pretty good spots where his receivers have had opportunities to make contested catches where, you know, the ball's not really being in in danger of being intercepted, but, um, you know, but it's, it's, uh, it's in a spot where the receiver might be able to get it, come down with a contested catch. And they haven't made too many of those, you know, a couple of those and, and the numbers in a small sample size, you know, look different if, uh, if they come down with them, I, you know, I'm not saying that they're just like flat out drops, but, but, you know, passes that possibly could have been caught with, uh, you know, with a defender in tight coverage. And the other thing statistically is that, you know, and this this is really the biggest issue with the Packers offense in general right now through four games is that I believe the Packers lead the league or are among the leaders in the league in terms of average yards to go on third down. Um, they've been in a lot of third and longs, um, not as many third and shorts and third and manageables. And when you're in third down and you have to push the ball down the field, um, you know, the uh, the the completion percentage isn't isn't going to be as high. That's one thing. Definitely, this offense, you know, Matt Lafleur and and his play calling, they have not been shy about pushing the ball down the field, about about uh, you know taking their shots, and uh, and I think that has certainly impacted, you know, Jordan Love's completion percentage. He's not out there playing a dink and dunk game. He's not out there taking you know taking checkdowns as soon as you know something looks like it, it, it's in trouble. Um, he's out there trying to make plays, and so you know you're you're not going to have as high a completion percentage 
in that regard. I mean, personally, I think, you know, after this small a sample size, I think there's way too much of a focus on that number. I mean, Bryce Young for the Carolina Panthers went 17 for 19 on his passes in the second half against the Vikings last week. The Panthers scored zero points. I mean, it was a dink and dunk check down. You know, yeah, he was 17 out of 19. That looks great statistically. They didn't score. I mean, so... I just don't think it's, uh, you know, after five starts in the NFL that it's a number to get too hung up on. You know, that's interesting insight that you, you shared with us there about the, the third down issues that they've had. Um, and I and I know one of the areas that they, they have struggled is, is, is getting the run game going. Um, you know, yeah, I know Aaron, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I guess my question is, will they look to try to – and I know Aaron Jones has missed a couple of games, but do you think they – will look to get their run game going to try to put them in some better third down, some shorter down and distances on third down by by running the ball maybe a little bit earlier in the downs. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think the I think the return the return of Aaron Jones um, could uh, could help with that. The Packers are hoping to get you know their uh, their Pro Bowl left guard Elton Jenkins back on the offensive line. He's been out since uh, you know since about midway through uh, week two in Atlanta with a knee injury. He's uh, he's back at practice. You know, no promises yet as as to whether he's going to play on Monday night, but that's certainly the hope. So you, you know, I mean, David Bakhtiari, the the Packers aren't. Getting Getting him back anytime soon, as far as we know. But um, but if they can get Elton Jenkins back, you know he's the you know he, he's the other standout player on that offensive line, and and his absence has, has had an impact there. Um, so you know the return of Jenkins and Jones would help with the running game. But and at the same time, the Packers need to they need they need to clean up the the penalties on offense. I mean, one of the biggest issues in in uh, the Saints game, you know, when they fell behind 17 to 0 was the uh the offense was was committing penalties and putting them in, you know, bad down and distances and that's what led to a lot of third and longs in that game where, you know, the offense really didn't get going until well into the second half and and you know, you have to clean up the the false starts and the holding penalties and and those kinds of things that are that are putting you behind the stick. So there's there's a lot that uh that goes into it, but certainly um, you know, the Packers are hoping that uh, you know, this way they've been living um, behind the stick, so to speak, on offense and really putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback to make downfield throws, you know, they're hoping that that's going to change as as, uh, as some of these other things change along with it. Our guest this week on Just Pod Baby is Mike Spofford, uh, who covers the Packers for Packers.com, giving us some really good insight here on the Raiders' opponent. Um, you, you, you mentioned um, Elton Jenkins and his status back to practice. I'm expect, I'm assuming you're expecting him to play this week. Are there any other notable injuries that we should be aware of and their status for the game on Monday night? Well, the Packers are hoping that, uh, you know, we already talked about Aaron Jones. He had, re- he had returned uh, from his hamstring injury in the Thursday night game against the Lions, but he was on kind of a snap count. Same with uh, Christian Watson at wide receiver. He had had a hamstring injury that had, had kept him out of, uh, of the first three regular season games. And uh, and he was back for the Lions game, but also on a snap count. They're hoping that both of those guys are going to be, um, you know, much closer to full strength and being able to take you know more of their their traditional uh, number of snaps, number of reps in in a given game. Um, and uh, 
Yes, they're certainly hoping to get Jenkins back. The rookie tight end, Luke Musgrave, he left the Lions game with a concussion, but he has been back at practice, and he was actually uh, he's actually listed as a full participant um, in practice today. So it looks like um, he is on his way back. Um, but a couple of uh, a few starters that have not practiced, at least not yet this week, as uh, as we talk about this right now. Inside linebacker Devondre Campbell has an ankle injury. Safety Rudy Ford has an oblique injury. Um, guard John Runyon um, is on the injury report with a groin, uh, groin and ankle injury. So um, those guys have not uh, have not yet gotten back to practice. Um, another one, though, definitely to mention is cornerback uh, Jair Alexander, who has missed the last two games with a back injury. He is back in practice, you know, on a limited basis. But he talked to reporters today after practice and said, you know, with this upcoming matchup with uh, his former teammate Devonte Adams, he's like, "There's no way I'm missing this game." So, um, so uh, it looks like the Packers are going to get Alexander back uh, in their secondary for this one. Yeah, and that's one of the other things that I I wanted to talk to you about was was that storyline that's in this game of Devontae Adams going up against his former team. How do you think they'll look to slow down Devontae? Uh, does, does Joe Barry like to have his top corner travel with opposing teams' top targets? What, what, what should we expect to see um, on Monday? Yeah, I mean the, the the Packers have gone back and forth on that at, at different times, but certainly when. Um, when the Packers defense kind of, you know, started to hit its stride a little bit late last season, and and uh, and the Packers got on a winning streak, um, one of the uh, one of the pieces to that was was Alexander traveling with the top wide receiver, and and in the uh, the second meeting um, against the Minnesota Vikings last year on January first in Week Seventeen. Um, Alexander basically got Justin Jefferson, you know, for that whole game and held him to just one catch after Jefferson had completely torched the Packers in way back in the season opener last year in week one in Minneapolis. So, um, I think the, I think the expectation is that, uh, is that Alexander is going to, uh, is going to get a, you know, a lion's share of the snaps lined up across from Adams. And, you know, those guys went at it for, you know, for a few years, you know, Alexander came into the league in 2018. So 18, 19, 20, 21, I mean, in, you know, in training camp every summer, uh, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of one-on-one between Devontae Adams and Jair Alexander. Those two guys know each other really, really well. And, uh, it's, should be a, a treat to watch on Monday night. Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, they're they're being familiar with him. If that'll have a, a positive impact, you know, on on the game for them. I've got just one more for you. Um, you know, I know like the Raiders, the Packers have have struggled uh, to stop the run. I think they're ranked 30th right now currently against the run. Um, seem to be better versus the pass, only giving up 197 yards through the air. But but talk to us about that run defense a little bit, if you could. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's quite frankly that's a real sore spot for the Packers right now because uh um they've they've struggled against the run in the past and uh and they've definitely been they were counting on better results this year but two of their first four opponents the Falcons and the Lions both racked up over 200 rushing yards uh, against Green Bay here the first month of the regular season and and those two rushing offenses did it very different ways for with Atlanta it was it was a lot of the uh, you know outside zone the stretch plays 
um, you know, stretching the defense horizontally, and then and then a running back like Bijan Robinson making that cut upfield, and the Packers really struggled with that, and then the Lions just kind of ran it straight ahead at him. I mean, David Montgomery, you know, didn't have a, a huge average in terms of yards per carry, but, you know, he pounded away like 32 carries for, you know, 120-some yards and three touchdowns um, in uh, in that game on Thursday Night Football last week. And, and uh, so the Packers have struggled against the run. They're not happy with where their run defense is. Matt LaFleur has talked about, you know, possibly making some schematic changes to, uh, you know, to try to shore that up. That being said, you know, as soon as you start making schematic changes to, uh, um, to try to help out your run defense, you know, then you've, got, you've still got to deal with a guy like Devontae Adams on the outside. And, uh, and that's going to be tough to deal with. You know, I mean, Alexander is, is uh, you know, is going to do what he can, but, uh, um, but you're going to want to have a safety over the top of Devontae Adams, uh, you know, a fair amount of the time as well. So, um, so there's a lot for the Packers to figure out defensively here moving forward because uh, um, because allowing 200 plus rushing yards in two of the first four games is definitely not what they were looking for. Yeah, it should be an interesting matchup uh, considering the Raiders right now have the lowest per game rushing average 65 yards a game right now so maybe this is the game where they can finally get Josh Jacobs going we'll have to wait and see uh, Mike Spofford from Packers.com we thank you again for hopping on with us this evening I assume you'll be heading out to Vegas for the game and if so enjoy your time safe travels and thank you again yeah all right I appreciate it thanks for having me on all right there he goes Mike Spofford from Packers.com uh, two things I want to mention from the conversation number one is I'm really intrigued with this matchup now with Devontae Adams and Jair Alexander uh you know hearing from Mike telling us that Alexander is really looking forward to this matchup licking his chops he wants to get a piece of Devontae Adams they went at it all the time in practice so that'll be one matchup that I'm keeping a close eye on and then the second one was you know the Raiders have struggled to run the football I mentioned they are the league worst right now in terms of rushing yards per game with 65 yards uh, a game. And they, they at some point, they have to get Jacobs going. If, if this offense is going to start moving in the right direction, it's going to start with running the football. And that's an area that the Packers have been vulnerable in. So, uh, you know, we didn't see it happen against Pittsburgh. I thought maybe it would start against Pittsburgh. It didn't. We thought it would start up against the Chargers. It didn't. Uh, they showed some signs of life against the Chargers, but maybe this is the week for Josh Jacobs and the run game. All right, guys and gals, that's a wrap on this episode. I'll be back again next week. We will be covering it all like a glove, like we do every week. Thank you again for listening and subscribing to the show. Be sure to follow me on x.com at egroat 5 Take care, everyone. Enjoy the weekend, and as always, just win, baby.